0: Force, please. Thank you. Maybe, may be unless you celebrate a birthday or an anniversary this past week. We'd like to recognize you.
1: Well, praise the Lord. It's good to be in God's house today and to have each one of you with us. A few things from the bulletin as we start. Uh, first of all, uh, we're taking officer nominations, uh, deacons, trustees, treasurer, and church clerk. Uh, there's some forms in the back there. If you want to get one of those, it shows who's uh, up to leave office and uh you can renominate renominate them if you like and uh then you can add uh those that you want to um the only thing that we ask is that if you're going to nominate somebody is that you ask them okay uh that saves a lot of awkwardness you know so like uh when we would be- compile this list of all the names that have been turned in and in years past, I would get this list, and I'd start going through, and they'd go, no, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to do that. And I think if people would have just asked them first, then we would not have had to go through that whole pile. So you ask them. If they say yes, then you can put their name down. Then you sign uh, the form at the bottom, and uh, that makes life a lot easier for everybody. Those will be available to be done until Wednesday night, at which time uh we'll then collect them start the process of building ballots and so forth uh there's going to be a chili cook-off and game night on january 20th here at the church six o'clock and uh bring your best chili and uh then uh we're also going to have a category this year of best dessert and so if you want to bring your best dessert uh you know that'd be good and uh, then bring your favorite game, always have a great time, wrap it up uh, by 9, 10 o'clock, something like that, uh, because I turn into a pumpkin after 10. So uh, couple's retreats coming up, uh, February, so it's in two parts, February 16th, 17th, or 17th, 18th, uh, you can pitch which part of the weekend you want to go to, cost is 265, includes your motel. And then if you want an additional day before or after, it's $125. You can do that at the same time. And uh, the way it's done now is you go online, you register yourself. Uh, we like to know that you're coming, and uh, we can be together as a group that way, go to supper together and things like that. Uh, so there a, is a sign-up sheet on the back. If you have any questions, uh, feel free to ask Brother Chuck or myself. Uh, if you want the discounted rate, that two sixty five is the discounted rate. If you want that, you need to register online by the 25th of January, okay, 25th of January. A church business meeting will be Wednesday, January 25th. Uh, we'll be looking over the blessings of the Lord for this past year, uh, we'll be electing officers, and then uh, uh, setting a budget before uh, the church to be voted on, and then also... Uh, we'll be talking about some upcoming things that we're wanting to do, uh, so encourage you to plan to be with us for that. Uh, ask that you'd be in prayer for Miss Linda Booth. She was in the hospital earlier this week. They thought that she might have had a bad infection in the sore on her foot. Uh, they have not been here because since they got back from their trip to Alaska, uh, she had this infectious sore and they cleaned it out. She had to go to the hospital for that. And then she had to keep her foot up. And uh, so uh, things just haven't healed the way that they hoped. She had to go back into the hospital. They had to clean it out again. Uh, Thankfully, it wasn't a bunch of infection. But now she's in that process uh, at home keeping her foot up. So just keep praying for the boost. You get a chance to encourage them, send them a card, whatever. Uh, That'd be great. Uh, then be in prayer for the Marinos uh, and ourselves, um, myself, we're going to go to Oklahoma City. There's a big home missions conference uh, this coming week, and uh, we're praying that uh, Brother Chuck will be able to get uh, some additional support as they get ready to go to California. Um, we had a great time on Friday night at Brother Chuck's ordination, uh, and uh, just excited for this young couple Uh, The one great need that they have right now is a house, okay? I've teasingly told him, I said, really, in California, you just need a shopping cart and a tent, you know? But, uh, you know, he he wants a house. I understand it. Um, And so we just need to pray that they can get a house. So put that at the top of your prayer list. Pray for the Marinos. Pray for a house. Uh, They're excited about what God's called them to do. I'm excited for them and excited to see what the Lord's going to do on their behalf. It's good to be in the Lord's house today. God bless you for being here. We'll have Brother Foster come back, at least send another song, then we'll go to our Sunday school times. Lord bless you for being here. Foster.
0: Sing hymn number 174, My Jesus, I Love Thee. We'll sing the first and the last verses. Hymn number 174. can be dismissed to your Sunday school classes. All right, my class, we're still in lesson number nine. If you do not have an outline, Brother Potts has a few more, and if you'll raise your hand, he'll get one to you. All right, and while you're waiting for that, you can be turning in your Bibles to Genesis chapter number 50. Is the outline ready on the slides? There we go. All right. Okay, so for those of you that have not been in this class, we're going through a series that's called, It's Not What You Think. Many things in the Bible go contrary to our way of thinking, the way that... Uh, God would expect us to live and to conduct ourselves. And uh, this particular lesson, we're looking at this subject that good can come from bad. Uh, we're looking at the life of Joseph, um, and we understand that as he remained faithful to the Lord, God used his situation, his trials, his circumstances, that uh, he might perform good on behalf of the Lord and the Lord's will in his life. So we we looked at several things last week. I want to start out by reading our text once again. It's a, a summary here, a, a culmination of the life of Joseph. As he's looking back on all that's taken place, and the Bible says here in Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20, But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good, to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people Alive. So we need to understand that God is always working in our life, that God has a plan for us, and that we need to trust Him and to follow Him no matter what comes into our life, remaining faithful to Him and prioritizing uh, some things in our life. And we looked uh, last week, at the beginning of this lesson, and we'll want to revisit some of those points so we can remember what uh, we are to do. If we want to allow God to work in our lives, then we must prioritize this, and we must do the will of God. And how do we know the will of God? Well, we get in the Word of God and understand what His expectation is of us. And as we uh, learn of God's Word and as we understand the principles that He would have us to follow, we would apply those things to our lives and do those things according to His will. So we must prioritize, first of all, to do the will of God. And that's something that we try to uh, teach our children, that they would follow the will of God, whatever God would have them to do, that we want them to follow that. And it goes the same for us as adults. We need to prioritize the will of God in our life. And we see this in the life of Joseph as um, we won't take time to go through the whole story. You're familiar with it. But we can see evidence throughout his life that he prioritized the will of God. And he prioritized his relationship with God. And we'll get into that in just a moment. But as we prioritize the will of God, what does that do? What what is the result of that in our life? Well, we saw a couple things uh, quickly. That as we follow the will of God, then we see this result, that God's will sends you to the right place. And we as uh, seasoned Christians would say that we want to be in the right place that God has us has for us, that we would be doing His will in the place that He has for us. So the way that we find that right place is by following God's will. God knows where He wants you, so as we submit ourselves to him, that he will put you in the right place. And we again, we look at the life of Joseph. He had Joseph in the right place at just the right time to be able to perform the will of God. So God's will not only sends you to the right place, but as he sends you to the right place, he has a purpose for you in that place. And God has a purpose for every one of us today. And He has a purpose for you. Uh, Being a member of Shawnee Mission Baptist Temple this morning, He has a purpose for you. And He has a desire that He would perform His will through you in this place. So we have to understand what that purpose is. and, And Joseph, he didn't, as he was sitting in these situations, as he was sitting in jail, as he was going through all these things, he couldn't see the future and what God had in store. But he knew in that moment that His purpose was to perform the will of God and to bring honor and glory to the name of his heavenly father so it doesn't matter what situation we find ourselves in we know that the will of God is that we might glorify him it's the reason for which we were created was to bring pleasure and honor and glory to his name so wherever we would find ourselves whatever place God puts us we have a purpose in that place to follow him and to do the will of God the second thing we looked at as, as we determine that we are going to do the will of God, we're going to follow God to the right place, we're going to follow God and the purpose that He has for us in that place, then we must nurture our work with God, our walk with God. He has a work for us to do, and in order to do that work, we have to nurture the walk that we have with the Lord. I mentioned a moment ago that God created us for His pleasure. The Bible tells us that we were created for His pleasure. And as He seeks to have a relationship with us, He wants us to nurture that walk with Him. And he every day He's inviting us to a relationship with Him and His presence. And He's wanting to do that by uh, us spending time in the Word of God and then spending time in prayer with Him and then following his, uh, his principles and precepts that we find in the Word of God. This is how we walk closely with the Lord. So we nurture our walk with the Lord uh, in these ways. And as we are spending time with him in prayer. We're seeking his guidance and we're uh, asking him for direction. And the Bible promises us uh, some things as we do that, that he will direct our paths and he will, he will light our way as we consider what God has for us. So walking with God, what does it do? What does it produce? As I nurture a walk with God, what is, the, what is the outcome? What is the result of my desire to nurture a walk with God? Well, it would keep us from physical sin. As I draw closer to God and understand the heart of God and I have a desire to please God, then I began to hate the things that he hates. And I desire to please him rather than to please myself and to follow after the sinful flesh. So obedience to God was more important in the life of Joseph than a moment of sinful pleasure. And see, the world would teach something opposite. The world would say, do all that you can to seek pleasure. Whatever pleases you that's okay to do and that's what this whole agenda is that they're pushing today. Whatever is right in your eyes go ahead and do that and we are being you know it's pushed down our throats that we must accept that. Well it's not true. We must follow God's word and we must follow his will and his way. So walking with God keeps you from physical sin and Uh, Again, we won't go through the verses there that we went through last week as far as Joseph is concerned, but we understand that there was a purpose in Joseph's heart to follow God and to please God, and because of that, it kept him from physical sin. We can think of uh, Potiphar's wife and the situation there, and, and many men would succumb to that situation given the opportunity, but men with a purpose and a desire to live for God and to not sin against their God. Uh, would have the same result that Joseph had here, and that he understood that I'm not just sinning against Potiphar, myself, or uh, Potiphar's, uh, Potiphar himself, or the wife, but he understood this fact, and he says it here in the Word of God, that how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? That's what we must remember, is that any sin that we commit is a sin against God, and that's not what God desires. And we go back to our first point. If we want to please Him, then we must do His will. And His will for us is not to be a part of physical sin. So for all of the tough circumstances he had been through, Joseph could have cut himself some slack and embraced this moment, this opportunity to sin. But he understood what it meant. So walking with God, it helps us in this area of keeping us from physical sin. And I would venture to say that all of us need help there. We need help. We need God's help. We can't do it on our own. We need God's strength and His help to keep us from physical sin. But the next area is interesting here is that walking with God keeps us from emotional sin. How often do we think about emotional sin? Well, Joseph's walk with the Lord kept him from bitterly holding on to the hurts of the past. Think about all that was done to the life of Joseph. And the difference, uh, the outcome would be uh, if he had chosen to grab hold of bitterness. If he would have had this attitude as you know, why me? Why is this happening to me? Uh, why am I going through this? Why am I having to suffer in this way? Uh, but he chose not to hold on to those hurts. And I would admonish every one of us who have been hurt in the past, don't hold on to those things. Move forward for the cause of Christ and, and help God, or ask God to help you in this way uh, to escape this area of emotional sin and have victory over it. In Genesis 41, verse 51, it says this, And Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for God had said, uh, for God said he hath made me forget all my toil and my father's house. So it gives us the idea here that Joseph understood that he couldn't get rid of all these hurts of the past on his own. He needed to rely on God. He needed to rely on God to help him overcome these hurts of the past. And we must do the very same thing. Ask God to help us uh, not dwell on those things of the past. Uh, For what good do they do in the present or into the future? They absolutely accomplish nothing uh, for the purpose and cause of Christ. So we must understand that we have... Uh, a principle here in the word of God that we are to put these things behind Understand that God knows best God knows that this bitterness that we would harbor in our hearts uh, prevent us from moving forward and growing in the Lord so God's grace kept Joseph from dwelling in his painful past and he will do the same for you so when you look back to trials of the past do you remember them with bitterness or do you trust that God's presence was with you through them Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5 uh, reminds us of what our attitude and our response should be. It says this, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Great principle here in this portion of scripture that we must understand my life I'm to be content with whatever God brings my way whatever material possessions I have whatever situations of life whatever conflict and relationships come into my life I understand that I need to be content with such things as he have knowing this that he will never leave us or forsake us we have the promise of God that he will always be with us. And then we can say this. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. You know, we're heading into some, some difficult times ahead, I do believe, if the Lord tarries his coming. Uh, there's much uh, in the way of, uh, against the things of God in our culture and in our country and around the world. And we must be willing to stand against those things. And and in order to do that, we have to purpose in our hearts and determine that the Lord is my helper. And remember the fact that He is. The Lord is there. The Lord will never leave us or forsake us. But we must remember it. And we must allow the Lord to be our helper. Isaiah 43 and verse 2 says, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, and they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Trials will come. That's a fact. Many of us have walked through many trials. They will come. One of two things can happen. They will either draw us closer to God or cause us to drift away from God. Psalm 119, verse 10 and 11 says this. With my whole heart have I sought thee. O oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. Talking about nurturing our walk with God. And part of that nurturing our walk with God is, is understanding what sin is and then determining to separate myself from it. And the way that I do that is to understand what sin is by the word of God, by God's definition. What God defines as sin So as you go through a trial, you might ask yourself, what are my responses in it? Do I respond with anger? Do I respond with impatience? Do I respond with distrust? With anxiety? Or do I try to lie and manipulate myself out of that situation? So trials reveal the weaknesses in our character. God already knows the weaknesses of our character, but the trials reveal it. God can bring a trial to expose a character flaw, to expose sin in our life, and it's His desires that we would deal with it. As we're confronted with it, that we would deal with it and get it right. Whatever character flaws we choose to ignore will impact or they can hurt our lives and the lives of those around us. So consider the trial and and ask God to show you His desire for you in that trial. Ask Him to reveal things that might be sin in your lives and things that you need to work on. Uh, These things that we've mentioned, whether you respond in those ways or any other way that I haven't mentioned. We need to ask God to help us. As we consider uh, gold and how the, the process of refining works, it's similar to this process that God takes us through in trials. It's one of the most valuable materials on earth, and it has been used for centuries as money. But it also has many uses in industry, manufacturing, and even space flight. One of the traits that makes gold so useful is its pliability. In fact, a single ounce of gold can be flattened out to cover 300 square feet. For it to be useful, however... Gold ore has to first undergo a refining process under intense heat to remove its impurities. The Christian life involves this similar process. God puts us through the furnace of trials to remove our impurities and refine us for our good. God is trying to get rid of the dross in our life. That He might refine us and, and help us to be better servants of His. That we might be better, better ministers of His. So every trial that we face, there is temptation. But in every trial, there is an opportunity to grow or to fall into sin. When there is conflict, there is a temptation to hold on to grudges, to respond harshly, or even cut people off. But we must look at it this way. We have an opportunity in this trial to grow in patience, to grow in love, to grow in gentleness. I would ask you this morning to consider what your responses are to trials. Do you respond as Joseph did and look for the ways in which God would use you, the way that you could bring honor and glory to the Lord? As we saw Paul and Silas in that Roman jail, they chose to sing praises to the Lord and look what happened. What is our attitude in trials? So we need to consider this as we nurture our walk with God. As God seeks to bring good From the bad, we need to make sure that we're nurturing a walk with God. We're spending time with Him, that we are close to Him, and we understand His heart and His desire for our life. The third area that we must understand in this area is trusting the ways of God. We must trust fully in the ways of God. The same God who leads us into a trial will guide us through the journey. To trust in God is to put our full confidence in Him. It is to hand over the reins of our lives to Him and follow Him where He leads us. Because He is sovereign, omniscient God, He is the perfect guide for our lives. And understand this, that He will never take us in the wrong direction. He'll never take us in the wrong direction. He, is, he knows exactly what we need to do. He knows exactly where we need to be. Why would we not trust Him? The all-powerful, omniscient God who knows all things. We can trust Him. There are at least two reasons we can trust the ways of God, and we'll like to look at those this morning. The first area is this, that God gives you guidance. We all need guidance today. We all need help. We all struggle in this life, and we need God's guidance to navigate and to understand where He'd have us to be. God communicated to Joseph through dreams, and his guidance through the dreams was clear. And Joseph later held on to what God communicated to him. As Joseph depended on the Lord on the way forward, God directed his steps. And we'll look at a few portions of Scripture here. You can join me if you're still in Genesis. Genesis chapter 37 and verse number 6. It says here, And he said unto them, Here I pray you, this dream which I have dreamed. So we see the communication through dreams. Genesis chapter 40 and verse 8 And they said unto him, We have dreamed a dream, and there is no interpreter of it. And Joseph said unto them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me them, I pray you. So we see here an opportunity is arising here on the behalf of Joseph, and God's going to work through him in this area of dreams. And then Genesis chapter 41, verse 25. And Joseph said unto Pharaoh, The dream of Pharaoh is one, God hath showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. Now we understand today God doesn't speak to us in the, in the realm of dreams or visions. But we have the completed word of God. And we hold it in our hands. It's very precious and valuable. And God has preserved it for us. And what is it preserved for us? And what is its purpose? Well, he's given it to us that he might instruct us in every aspect of life. The trials of life sometimes make us feel lost and unstable. We feel directionless and don't know which way to turn. But I'm thankful that we can turn to God's Word and His promises to guide us no matter what may come our way. There are some uh, portions of Scripture that remind us of this truth. James chapter 1, verse 5 is something we're very familiar with, but uh, we certainly need to apply it to our walk with the Lord. And if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not and it shall be given him. Psalm 32, 8. Psalmist here says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Psalm sixteen eleven. Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge Him, and what does it say? And He shall direct thy paths. We have a tremendous God who loves us and desires to guide us and direct us. He's asking us and He's inviting us to trust Him. With all the uncertainty in our world today, why would we not turn to the Lord and trust Him with all of our being? allowing Him to work in our lives, knowing that He will give us guidance. The story of a missionary couple once brought uh, some African pastors to the United States for a meeting. During their free time, the pastor uh, wanted them to go shopping and and, uh, see the area a little bit. Even though they were in a small town, the missionary knew there was a chance that one of them might become lost uh, in finding their way around and and not be able to get back. So the missionary gave each pastor his phone number in case of an emergency. In less than an hour, the missionary's phone rang, and one, pastor, uh, one of the pastors said, I am lost. So he instructed him to go to the first street corner he came to and tell him the name of the, the streets there. And after reaching the street corner, the pastor reported, I am on the corner of walk and don't walk. Sometimes we feel confused when we're going through this life and waiting on God's direction, uh, whereas these, uh, these African pastors that came here to the United States, they are confused. They don't understand the, the way our society works. Uh, but understand this, that we can always wait on Him with complete assurance, knowing that He will plainly direct our steps in His time. Wait upon the Lord. He is there. Trust Him. He will give direction in His time. So we need to, first of all, have confidence that God will give us guidance. I'm thankful for this last point, that God gives you grace. I'm thankful for the grace of God. Where would we be without the grace of God? And God wants to give every one of us His grace. Not only does His grace save us, but it strengthens and sustains us through our Christian journey joseph's life clearly demonstrates the the grace of god at work you can be turning back to genesis chapter 39 we'll go through a uh, few portions of scripture there as he demonstrates his grace towards joseph it it gave him a rebound for every setback joseph trusted in god through the ups and downs and god supplied him grace to surmount every trial so genesis chapter 39 verse 2 And the Lord was with Joseph. You can insert your name there. The Lord is with you. And he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and he served him, and made him overseer over his house, and all that he had put, he put into his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer of it in his house and over all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptians house for Joseph's sake and the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. The question begs to be asked who is being blessed because of your walk with the Lord today? The Lord seeks to work through your life and as he's Working in your life, he's reaching out to the lost around you. He wants you to have an impact on their lives. And God can reach through you and impact them as you allow yourself to be a conduit of God's goodness and his grace. Genesis chapter 39, verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison and whatsoever they did there he was the doer of it so we continue to see god's grace upon the life of joseph and we see this as uh the new testament looks back and accounts of the life of joseph in acts chapter 7 and verse 9 it says and the patriarchs moved with envy sold joseph into egypt that god was with him And delivered him out of all his afflictions and gave him favor and wisdom in the sight of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he made him governor over Egypt and all his house. So it's evidenced through scripture that we see the hand of God was upon Joseph in the midst of his difficulty. And what did that do for Joseph? It kept him going. Through Joseph's trials, he experienced God's tokens of goodness and his abundant grace. So, if we're going through a trial, we must have this attitude that we embrace it as an opportunity to call upon God for His grace. It is always available to us, but times of hardships compel us to seek it. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We can trust him. He will give his grace. God promises us in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28 that he will work all things together for good to them that love God. We see that he's done it in Joseph's life, and we can have confidence he can do it in our lives. But that good isn't always immediately apparent. We must have patience. While you are waiting to see God's purpose unfold, the priorities we saw from Joseph's life will serve us well. And what were these priorities? Doing his will, nurturing his walk with the Lord, trusting in his ways. As we apply these principles to our life, we can rest assured that all the trials in our lives are filtered by the hands of God, who is accomplishing a greater good in us we must always remember that god is working our part is to submit ourselves to that working in in our lives allow god to do the work allow god to direct our lives walk with him talk with him allow him to work through you for what purpose that we might draw closer to him that we would have a greater impact on those he brings into our sphere of influence that we might share with them the goodness of god the grace that He desires to, to bestow on their behalf, that they might have the opportunity through our imitation and through our witness to have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a great opportunity that God gives us to live this life for Him, to His honor and to His glory. May we submit to His will. Heavenly Father, we're thankful today for Your goodness and for Your mercy and for Your grace. Father, we're thankful for the opportunity to serve You, and I pray that You'd help every one of us to... Um, make these things that we've studied over these past two weeks a priority in our lives to purpose in our hearts that we're going to do your will. And as we purpose to do your will and nurture our walk with you, that you would keep us from physical and emotional sin, that, uh, Father, we would understand more your heart and your desire and uh, that we would repurpose in our hearts to, to do those things that please you. And I pray that we would always be confident in you and have the trust that we need to move forward for the cause of Christ. And I pray that you'd give us tremendous opportunity to share Jesus Christ with others and invite them to a personal relationship with you, that they might experience the same things and the joy and the peace and the contentment that we enjoy through Jesus Christ in a relationship with Him. I pray now for the service to follow and thank you again for your goodness and for all that you're going to do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you for your attention. We'll meet back in here at 10.30 for the worship hour.